There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S, and today we'll be discussing episode four of hopefully season one of Surreal Estate. I always am hopeful. I never know what they're going to (laughs) do. No, but this is, you can't put this show in any one genre. Yeah, it's like I I don't know what boxes to check. Right, because it's got heart and a lot of personal development in each and every episode. Got some great one-line comedy that is just oh, yeah. absolutely fantastic. And you still got the ghostly ass. The yeah, ghostly, the whole supernatural. Yeah, thing. the su- whole supernatural thing going on that not slasher type, but yeah, enough to kind of get your attention. <laughs> I jumped this episode, I'll tell you. Oh, yeah. And then there was some, well, at least in this episode, I'm like, ew, what the... So, yeah, it's got a little bit of all of it. So, let's jump into episode four and talk about how we got a little grossed out. Or maybe it was just me. All right. A house is not a home. The Roman agency takes on a haunted master plan subdivision and a troubled house by the sea. Those well, that's are never good. <laughs> un- massive understatements. <laughs> yeah. And anybody who's looking for houses right now, now you might be like, hmm, maybe I don't want something in this massively developed subdivision. Exactly. (laughs) So we open on 33 Barker Road, which is a house by the sea. And we see Sophie waking up due to Duncan snoring, which she calls horse sound. And yes, I did hear a horse, but I don't think it was coming from him. (laughs) I don't think so either. And I think we know why later. Yes. And she goes downstairs to get a drink of water and notices there's water on the floor. That's probably not a good thing. No, but I have a question before we go very far. Okay. Okay. This is their home. They just moved in. Why are there so many lights on when they're sleeping? Right. Did you notice that? Yes. Those little hanging lights over the bed. Yeah. That. Those. And, and then in the hallway and down downstairs, like they'll just a table lamp and stuff. I'm like, why are all these lights on? Right. Maybe they are a little spooked by it, but aren't letting it on. <laughs> oh, maybe. But I'm just like, oh my God, that's so many lights. Why do you have so many lights on when you're trying to sleep? It doesn't make sense. Right. And they were sleeping in masks. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you think about it, the first, you know, you move into a new place, you're going to leave a little more lights on. So if you do get up in the middle of the night, you're not going to run into something that's going to hurt a shin or <laughs> a kneecap or something like that. Yeah, I guess. I just, I don't know why. I'm like, there's so many lights. Apparently, I became like my grandfather. Turn off the lights! <laughs> well, it appears they have just moved in as she grabs some coffee filters out of a box to wipe up the water. I don't Which, think that's going to help. No. <laughs> 
And she hears the noise, so she goes to check it out. But we see even more water on the floor in the kitchen. She goes to the front door and opens it, and a breeze blows. Almost gale force wind there. And yeah, she that shuts was like, the door. Yeah. Like, hair straight back. It's like, what are you, on a roller coaster? What is going on? Exactly. And she takes a drink of the water and then starts choking and coughs up water like a fire hydrant. That's what kind of grossed me out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? Yes. (laughs) And she reaches for the lights and finally gets them turned on. And we immediately cut to the next morning as Susan rings the doorbell. And Duncan, a.k.a. Patrick Chun, who's also Lieutenant Jen Riss on Discovery, answers the door and susan gives him a bottle of champagne and a potted plant as a housewarming gift and asks if they're settling in okay well we find out that susan has gotten into a mess of trouble as she has the buyers from hell oh my god that's an understatement yes (laughs) oh brings back bad (laughs) memories of retail (laughs) they actually had their happiness the responsibility of Susan written into the contract as well as tying the fees and commission to it. I don't understand how the heck that could have happened. Right. I guess, well, no, that that just doesn't make any sense, but we'll let that I mean, I guess if it's like super expensive stuff, you can do stuff like that, but that's insane. So, of course, Susan tries to distract them with the ocean view, but we see what appears to be a ghostly sailor in the mirror. All right, we have a haunted house, like always. (laughs) (laughs) And Duncan lets... Susan know that Sophie is a little under the weather this morning. Uh, you think? Yeah. He tells her that they requested cloud white on the ceilings, but it seems more cloudy. And asks if they used Arctic Dove instead. Susan assures... Yeah. How can you tell? (laughs) Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. These two are something else. So Susan assures him that the sellers received their punch list last week and mentions how their happiness is her responsibility, of course, because of the fees and commissions contingent on it. So Susan tells Duncan that she will check with the painter as Sophie comes in complaining about the water pressure. Yeah. Dribble like a... (laughs) Is not a good thing. Well, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, that might explain the water, not what she like spit out. Right. But, but the water showing up on the floor. Yeah. Pipe but then I'm like, the floor, maybe. but why is there a footprint? I don't. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so later on, we see Susan is sitting with the couple going over their list of issues. Excessive pounding noise. Light switches have weird texture. Water pulling on the floors. And of course, Arctic Dove, not Cloud White, and Wobbly Wall. <laughs> I love the explanation. Wobbly Wall? Yeah. Sophie explains that every time she walks by a mirror, it moves. And it happens upstairs, too. And she needs mirrors to be impeccable because she's an influencer. Miss Hoity Toity. Susan informs her that they're her mirrors, and Sophie fires back that they work fine everywhere else, so the problem must be with the wall. I thought that was kind of funny, though, when Susan's like, but they're your mirrors. (laughs) I can't do anything about your mirrors. Right. Susan tells them that she wants to look around and then they will talk. So later that evening, Susan explains that she can get a contractor out in the morning to take care of some of the things on their list. The morning, what about now? Is what Sophie (laughs) bouts off. Yeah, it's like, People are off the clock. Uh, You (laughs) may be an influencer 24-7, but most working people work 8 to 5. 
<laughs> right? Like, no. No, 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 no. And, of course, Susan tells them that for the rest, she would like to bring her team in as the house could have some eccentricities. You think? I love how she was trying to find the word. Yes. <laughs> now, Sophie threatens that they are still within their five days to be able to get out of the contract. So, Susan drives away, and we hear a horse. Then, Susan sees a person on a horse and swerves to avoid it. The next morning- I thought that was weird, but I mean, who knows where they are, you know? Right, yeah, they're up on- a cliff by the sea, so yeah, I guess it's possible you could have somebody riding their horse up and down the, the road there, taking, right. you ain't seeing much of the sea, that's for sure. <laughs> so the next morning, Susan is in the office telling the gang the story to the that she ended up in a ditch and had to call a tow truck. Now, Phil tells them that the house had been run down and abandoned for several years until the owner decided to refurbish it and cash out. Well, Luke mentioned sending Phil and Augie up there to see what's going on, and Susan asked them to excuse them. And I loved Augie and Phil were kind of like, say what? Is she dismissing us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she tells Luke that they are the clients that he doesn't want to meet, Augie and Phil. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you remember how you told me that? Which now I at least understand why she was like, okay, can, can you give us a minute? Yeah. <laughs> but as I don't know if it would have been better to be like, Luke, can I talk to you in your office? Something like that. Right. So Luke suggests having the client spend a few days at a spa or a motel on them, and that will allow them time to check it out. And Susan reminds her that her car is in the shop, and Luke calls Zoe, telling her it's her lucky day as she gets to drive Susan up the coast. And I love Zoe's reply. You mean to leave her for dead? <laughs> yeah. And I did like this when he picks up the phone. He's like, this is why we don't have an HR department. Right. <laughs> she would be fired. Yes. So as the girls head up to the house, they discuss why Luke hired her, as Zoe still hasn't figured it out why. And Susan tells her it's because she's a closer, and that she's profit where Zoe is just overhead. Ooh. Like, oh my god, you're gonna get left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, these two, you know, we thought that a couple episodes they were kind of trying to make up, but no, Zoe is still not there yet. Right. <laughs> So later we see the girls in the house and Susan saying the paint color is fine as Zoe is on the floor taking pictures of the water. <laughs> oh God. And she gets up and tells Susan it's getting late. They should be going. Well, not so fat. Susan informs her that they will be spending the night there because the clients had reported disturbances late at night and they need to assess it. Yeah, this was weird because Zoe's reaction was like, was oh, not, hell no. <laughs> yeah, it was not what I was expecting. Right. So later that evening, we see the girls are drinking and Susan is telling her stories of her telekinesis. And of course, Zoe's not sure she's buying it and asks if she has proof. And Susan tells her the guy she was with, her mom, and the guy at the Del Taco, which isn't there anymore. <laughs> I went, I wonder where that writer is to mention Del Taco. Because <laughs> that was a real small chain. <laughs> isn't that only in California? No, there was actually one in Del City where I grew up. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's why it caught my attention. I said, I know Del Taco. <laughs> Yeah, I thought it was only California. Yeah. Then the conversation switches to soulmates, which doesn't go well for either of them. As the guy Zoe thought was hers, hurt his back, got hooked on Oxy, started dealing drugs, and died later that summer. And he was buried with his 
Oh, and his letter letterman's, letterman's jacket, jacket that she, that had she worn always wore. That was like a lot more emotion than I was expecting. Like right. a lot more honesty. Oh, yes, absolutely. You get a little tipsy and you start running the mouth a little bit, probably telling more than what you would uh, normally have said. That's for sure. Because yeah, this hurt her bad. She yeah, was crying as she was telling the story. So Zoe gets up and tells Susan she's going to go sleep in the car while Susan stays in the house to observe any spookies. <laughs> well, that didn't go too well for Zori either. <laughs> so later that night, we see a figure go past the deck as Susan is asleep on the couch and Zoe's asleep in the car. Susan is awoken by the sound of a horse and Zoe by water dropping onto her face. And next thing they know, they're surrounded by sailor goats. Yeah. What? I think the water in the car freaked me out more. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Although I did totally jump when we turned and we seen all those ghosts by Susan. It's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> so Zoe, of course, tries to start the car, but it won't. And all the ghouls start yelling at the two women. Can't be good. No, 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 no. And Susan starts with the broken fire hydrant spewing water everywhere. Yeah, again, that's gross. Yeah. Finally, Zoe gets the car to start and the ghouls disappear. The next morning, Phil visits Susan, who explains to him what happened. Phil wonders why they were so pissed off. Good question. Susan yeah, tells thanks him. Thanks for asking that question. Right. Susan tells him that he coughed up about 10 gallons of water, so she's a little out of sorts. And of course, Phil says, Well, did you save any of it? <laughs> yeah, there's some on the floor. Have at it. Yeah. You got to be kidding, look, me look from Susan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Phil tells her he's going to go to the village's historical society to try to figure this out. But before he leaves, he sees Zoe on the couch and says she looked so peaceful like she was dead. <laughs> Zoe replies, you wish. Later that evening, Phil is still going through the historical records but hasn't found anything so he gets up to get a breath of fresh air. Now, as he's walking down the stairs, he sees a bar named the Tardy Horseman and quickly pieces the story together as he runs back inside. Checks I'm just like, oh, okay, so there's something about the horse, you know, that we've seen. It's like, I wasn't piecing together a squat. Right. <laughs> well, he had been looking through all those historical books and... Oh, had true. read about the ship that had crashed and about the lightkeeper that wasn't there, so the lighthouse wasn't on. And so he figured, yeah, Tardy Horseman, that must mean that's the lightkeeper, lighthouse keeper. Yeah, so. yeah, he totally, I mean, obviously, like you said, it was all kind of off screen stuff he knew. So obviously, we would like to have known some of that before. Yes. But <laughs> when he calls Susan and he's like so frantic and he's like, oh my God, so here's the story. Okay, maybe give her some information that's going to help her right at the second. Right. Like, great, you're filling us all in. But at the same time, TikTok. Right. All I kept thinking is, they're coming back. Yes. <laughs> coming back. Well, I guess he needed to ex kind of explain what they were actually dealing with. Because Phil tells her that the lighthouse was originally where the house was. And that one foggy night, the keeper snuck out into town for a little adult time with his wife and fell asleep. When he woke up later that night, he realized he was late and raced back to the lighthouse on his horse, but wasn't in time to save a ship crashed into the cliff 
and a hundred men die. Phil tells them that the angry sailors want revenge for the tardy horsemen, but they will settle for them and they need to get out of there. And yeah, he was pretty emphatic about telling them to get out of there now. Yeah. And Susan figures it's better to stay than to have the wrath of the influencers Twitter mob than <laughs> angry sailors. And tells Which I thought was funny because Zoe agreed. Yeah. <laughs> and tells Phil they're staying. Well, he tells them that they need to find the biggest and brightest light they can find and get it on the roof as high as they can. They need to look like a lighthouse right now. So Zoe joins Susan on the deck with a makeup light that won't reach the roof. So Susan takes things into her own hands. She goes down to the cliffs and creates a large fireball that she projects into the sky. I was really surprised, as was Zoe. Yes. (laughs) And the ghost ship sees the light and avoids crashing into the cliffs again. And Zoe yells at Susan that the ship is turning, and Susan lets the fireball dissolve. Zoe joins Susan on the cliffs and tells her that was impressive, and they could rent her out for Viking funerals. (laughs) I was like, hmm, Viking funerals, okay. Yeah. (laughs) But, I mean, seriously, like, okay, Zoe, you've now seen it. Yes. And I wonder how long she's going to be, like, cool with everything. <laughs> you know, like, right. I just feel like Zoe's going to be like, yeah, it's cool, but whatever. It's over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I kind of get that feeling, too. But I don't know. We'll see. So we go into the office where Luke is buttering up the gang for something new. A mastered plan community. Somerset Estates. Oh, this can't be good. <laughs> Zoe comments that that's a lot of boxes to think outside of, and Phil calls them a 3D printer, but Susan mentions it's cash flow involved. So Luke asks if they are with him, and Augie says always, but Francis Bacon believes you might be full of shit. <laughs> Luke goes on to tell them that the developer reached out to him last night and just happens to be Greg Chisholm, his old nemesis. Man, I want to find out what happened at Balmoral Farms. Oh my gosh, please. Yes. Please tell us. So Susan mentions they move 80 homes a month and Luke tells them not anymore. Their sales are down as they're having quality issues that have gotten the homeowners to the pitchfork stage. Besides being killed on social media, Phil asks, well, well, why did he call us? And Luke tells him that somebody believes that there are all these issues can't be explained away by shoddy workmanship. <laughs> Susan asks if she can be excused from this project. Because her couple by the sea has turned into really high maintenance. Now, that was an understatement. And Luke asks if it's the one threatening to tear up their contract, which Susan confirms, and he tells her that they've got this. Which makes me wonder just how much that house was. Right. Oh, probably two mil easy. Maybe six for that well, view. Wait, did we say they're on the West Coast? Probably yes. even more. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it would be more if it's on the West Coast. Yeah, maybe add at least one more digit on there. (laughs) (laughs) So we go out to Somerset Estate and we see Greg and two of his employees at Somerset as Luke and the guys arrive. (laughs) And this was so awesome. Because we see Luke dressed in all black, gets out of the car and puts his shades on and is joined by Augie and Phil also sporting black sunglasses. I love this whole whole vibe. (laughs) Yeah, of course, we get some uh, Old West music. 
<laughs> shoot out an OK Corral music in the back. Mm-hmm. And before they get to Greg, he and his employees don their black sunglasses and they all meet in the middle of the street, making it look like high noon. After a few barbs go back and forth and what looked like a tumbleweed rolling by. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I'm like, really? You yes. Doing a tumbleweed? <laughs> Greg mentions Balmoral Farms and Luke fires back with another time, another play. So Luke asks Augie and Phil to look around the neighborhood, and Greg offers to have his people show them around, and Phil tells Greg thanks, but they ride alone. I know, I didn't know if that was more Old West kind of attitude. Right. Or if it was because he took his glasses off to put it on again. I'm like, are you guys making fun of, oh my god, I can't even remember the show that was on Channel 2, where the redhead guy was always taking off his sunglasses, or he'd say, put it on. It was a crime show. Why am I CSI. Ah, right. <laughs> like, and he put it on and say something like really kind of smart alecky. Yeah. So Luke gets the information from Greg about what is happening as virtually the same problem is occurring in homes at the exact same time. Windows shattering, floorboard splintering, countertop splitting in two. That isn't good. And Luke asks how many complaints he's talking about and Greg pulls out a folder stuffed full. Yeah, that's not just a few high maintenance people. No. <laughs> so Luke asks why them and why now? And Greg tells him that his boss's wife believes in the supernatural and thinks that is what is causing the issue. So Luke tells him to send the complaints, the site plans, plats, the model schematics, everything. And they'll do what they do. Of course, Greg offers to make it worth his while if he can get this fixed. And Luke replies, like you did at Bormoral Farms? Uh-huh. So we cut to Augie and Phil walking in the neighborhood with one of Augie's awesome devices. At first, they aren't getting anything unusual. And then Augie's device registers something weird. And they keep walking past 42 Jessel Crescent. But we go inside as a family sits down to lunch. And we cut to 13 Jessel Crescent as a female sits down at the dining room table. And over to 18 Jessel Crescent where two women sit down at the dining room table. At the exact same time, the chandelier over the table comes crashing down. <laughs> Not good. No. Later in the office, Luke is asking the gang about the 17 houses that are having breakages and system failures. Phil states that the dirt is clean, no buried people underneath, and Augie tells them that during their walk, there was a spike in the photoreactive terraform analysis in multiple locations, and it vanished as quickly as it appeared. Luke has Phil show the site layout on the big screen, and they compare where the incidents occurred with each of the models that are built and discover it's the Delaware model that is the common denominator. So later, Luke is on a video call with Greg wanting to know about the Delaware model, which Greg informs him is one of their most troubled homes. Yeah, seeing that all 17 of them were Delawares, I would say so. <laughs> right, and then we get to the meat and potatoes of the issue. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and we find out that the developer had basically stolen the plan from his partner. Luke asks if there's any chance to speak with the partner, and Greg informs him that he thinks he died a couple years back. Well, Luke wants the address of the original house, and Greg thinks he can, and tells him if he finds out what's tossing this don't mess around, just kill it. Well, that's not Luke's way. Right? Like, you don't even know what we do, okay? Stop. Right, yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> so Luke drives out to the original house, 
<laughs> I love it. His GPS says, turn right. You have arrived and you see nothing but <laughs> almost like a forest in front of him. Yeah, I was like, wait, does it mean nothing's actually there? Right. Is it already grown over? But no, he makes his way through this little dense forest area and sees the house. And as he walks towards the house, he hears someone say, go away. This isn't good. No, and then the freaking tree almost crushes him. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this, this is, is weird. not a happy camper. <laughs> and he gets up and goes to the window that is open and asks if the man inside is Bernard Nightingale. And of course, Bernard is confused how Luke is talking to him, but allows him to come in. Yeah, right. You're, you're talking to me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah, long story. So Luke is about to sit in the other chair, but is told not to. All right, there's got to be a story about that. So, of course, Luke gets the story of how Bernard designed the entire house for Lucy. And after being in the home for only six months, she ran off with his brother. That's got to hurt. And Bernard yeah. tells him that not only did he have to live in the house, but his old partner dug the plans out of the garbage and built a whole lot more of them, which is a knife in his gut. Right there. At first, I was thinking his old partner was his brother. Right, yeah. And then I'm like, oh my god, that's even worse. Yes. But then, like, as this whole thing goes, it's like, what the heck? Yeah. <laughs> this is just really kind of messed up. Yes. Luke tells him that what he's doing in here is happening at every house, and Bernard just laughs. Bernard tells him that it's his pain, but everyone is going to feel it as he stumps on the floor, and we see the homes rock. Now, that was about a level four on the... <laughs> earthquake meter i thought he was gonna tell him you know there's kids and you right. know and then it was gonna get either better or worse was, right there yes <laughs> could go either way now, later that evening luke visits augie who's working late and luke is concerned that the sad old pissed off spirit might hurt someone well augie gives him a device that will eliminate the spirit if it comes to that that's a bit drastic but yeah just in case <laughs> I mean, we had to do that with the, um, what was it? The LRD little girl. I do not remember. Yeah, I think that's I, what it was, an LRD. Little Granny Hood, no, not H. Little Red. Yeah, Little Red Little granny. Red's Granny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see, we'd figure it out. Of course. It has, it's only been a couple episodes ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> the next day, Luke is on the phone with Greg, trying to get him to back down on taking the old guy out for good. Uh, Greg tells him that he will double his fees and keep him on a retainer if he takes care of it now before the lawsuits start. Yeah, I don't believe that. No. Luke calls Augie and is asked what's the name of the architect that he used to go skydiving with. What has Luke got up his sleeve? Right? It's like, what What are you, you going to do exactly? Right. Later that evening, Luke returns to Bernard's home and tells him that he's always in the sunroom that he had built for her and unrolls a floor plan for him to take a look at. Greg shows up at the office next morning and asks Zoe for a cup, which she replies, no, thank you. Yeah, I love it. 
How about some coffee? Yeah, no. Yeah. It's like, I don't think that's what he meant, but Zoe, that was great. Yes. <laughs> because it threw him for a loop, too. Like, wait, what? Well, yeah. He didn't know how to respond to that. Right. So Greg joins the gang in the conference room and asks where Luke is. And the display comes on, showing Luke at Bernard's. Greg asks Luke if the problem is solved, and Luke tells him that the solution is simple. Luke continues, telling Greg that the model was illegally taken and exploited, and that the copyright extends to seven years after the death of the creator. Oh, it's only seven? I thought he said like 70 or something. Right. I thought it was like a really big number. And you hear Bernard this whole time. Does anybody else hear him or no? No, no. Okay. (laughs) No, Luke's the only one that can hear him. (laughs) His company could owe Mr. Nightingale's estate millions of dollars, but they think they have a solution. So Phil puts the floor plan on the display as Luke tells him that they propose a retrofit to every Delaware standing. And he has 30 days to complete the modifications or they will sue him back to the Stone Age and everyone wins. I kind of wanted to know what the modifications were. Right. Well, Luke said something about turning that sunroom into a multi-use space. So I'm kind of thinking they're probably going to board up the windows and kind of make it a playroom area or something. Who knows? Of course, Greg is just steaming and asks if this is about Balmoral Farms. And Luke just smiles and asks if they have a deal or not. (laughs) Greg gets up and tells Luke he will never work for him again. And Luke replies that their invoice is already in the mail and that he should look under his bed before going to sleep at night. Right? When he says, I'm like, oh. Yeah, this is. (laughs) Did he just send some boogie boogies after you? (laughs) I think so. (laughs) And of course, Greg looks at the group and then. Hightails it out of there. Yeah, kind of huffs out like, yeah, fine. And Luke turns to Bernard asking if it feels better now, but Bernard has moved on. Back at the office, Susan is shredding the Delaware floor plans, mentioning that the influencers are temporarily happy for now, and it would have been nice to get some of those Somerset commissions. Luke tells her that a principal isn't a principal until it costs you something. How true. And Susan asks about Balmoral Farms, and Luke tells her to remind him to tell her about it another time. Both of them leave, but Susan gives Zoe a nod as she leaves, and Zoe kind of tips her head back at her. Like, yeah, that like mutual respect kind of thing. Like, I think okay. so. I thought. I think if nothing else, Susan may have gotten Zoe's respect now. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> we thought they were kind of on nice terms, and that didn't last long either. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and we can't forget about Megan Donovan, not the house. Megan. (laughs) So Megan sends Luke a text in the evening asking if he's ghosting her. Of course, Luke's at his house working and sees it and tries to come up with something to say. But after several attempts, he just sends her the old colon parentheses smiley face. That's yeah, I thought that was great. He's like trying to tie, trying to. Tie. We need to talk. Like, oh no, that's bad. Yeah. Okay, let's get rid of that <laughs> one. And later we see Megan outside the diner where they first basically spent time talking. As Luke shows up, not on time, but a little less late. <laughs> I like that too. Megan tells him that she knows what this is. Meeting in a public place, gear down. Let's just be friends and ask, what did she miss? So I'm guessing he didn't tell her anything that happened. I don't think so. And we don't even see that. (laughs) 
Luke tells her everything, my intentions, my explanations, and that he should have put together some keynote slide. Right. I'm in the slide. Yes. He asks if she's hungry and she tells him not in the least, so let's go for a walk. Well, that's still uh, <laughs> got Megan thinking this is a goodbye. And then we don't get the explanation because we cut to another sidewalk and then Megan states that you don't want to come to my house anymore. And Luke explains it's just too weird with his mother's spirit there. And Megan kind of agrees. Yeah, you don't want to (laughs) be. I mean, I guess it's good. That's where he left it and not saying my mother is suddenly super evil. I don't know if it's like for real or not. Right. Yeah. Your house may turn you the same way. (laughs) Yes. Or she may go after Megan herself because she wasn't too uh, high on Megan either. (laughs) Called her a couple of names. That's while she was talking. I'm still wondering if it was like a way to keep him away. Obviously, we're only through episode four. Right. We'll know, hopefully, you know, what the hell thing was. Right. Yeah. I kind of went back to the, you know, after watching it and thinking about it for a while, I went, hmm, is that really his mother or is that the, what was it? The doctor with the creepy smile? Oh, God. That's still like, I don't want to talk about it because let me tell you, I don't sleep well at night <laughs> sometimes, when, especially when my husband's on midnights. And I like, swear to God, I keep seeing that freaking doctor. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. ah! <laughs> oh, no. Could be stressed. Yeah. But still, like that creepy ass thing. It's like, oh, uh, yeah, that's got me right now. So I don't oh, want to no. think about that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> He's in the shadows. Right. <laughs> and Luke tells her that he's realized that living in the past is just too toxic and trying to help lost souls move on. Maybe he should take his own advice. Oh, Luke, you just told her you're going to move on. (laughs) And Megan tells him that she guesses that they have to go to his place. Oh, by the way, we're standing right in front of it. (laughs) That was rather convenient. Yeah, she remembered. Oh, yeah. And Luke asks if she wants to come up. And she goes, do you want me to? Because she still wasn't sure. Because he had just said, moving on. (laughs) But Luke tells her it's... So much that it's scary. They kiss and go into the house. I was really surprised with the way this ended. Right. And when he was saying like, oh, so much is scary. It's like, "Mm, you haven't really known her that long. And you guys didn't exactly go out on a date. You had your ghost mother interrupt things, which is right. Awkward. Yes. (laughs) Okay, this is weird. Yeah. And he shouldn't use (laughs) his choice of words with. The females are a little lacking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's not great with some of that. Yeah. And you know, Tim is probably the smoothest character of all time. (laughs) So it's interesting to see him uh, be not so smooth. Yeah. I have a feeling we're going to see a lot of him not quite in the place he needs to be mentally. He's going to stumble over a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like he might have the house stuff on lock, but the relationship, not so much. Right. And we should have known that was coming after seeing him and his dad at the putt-putt when <laughs> his dad said, yeah, you are very good with the ladies. Right. <laughs> well, I got yeah. it from you, dad. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's see what happens. So all in all, I thought that was another great episode. Like I said, I jumped, so, and yep. I was surprised, so uh, I liked it. Yep, absolutely. And we got our big three, comedy, some scary and some personal development from some of the characters, at least. 
Well, I guess we'll have to see where we go from here. Yep. Can't wait for episode five. Gosh. Too many. I want more. And yeah. <laughs> how many are we supposed to even have this season? Ten? Yep. Uh-oh. We're almost halfway there. Yep. I'm going to be sad. All right. But we have more to go, so that's all that we care about, right? Absolutely. All right, Steve. That was crazy. Oh, my gosh. So crazy. Yep. But more craziness because I believe we have some feedback. Yes. Oh, absolutely we do. Jazz has once again graced us with her feedback, so let's hear what she thought of the episode. Hello, this is Jazz with some feedback on Surreal Estate. I thought this particular episode was great since it was bonding moments with the gals who normally don't necessarily get along well, so you knew things were going to be interesting. Luke's response to Zoe when she said that she was going to knock her off on her way to driving her up to the cabin... She's like, this is why we don't have HR. Comments like that normally don't go over very well. So when uh, Susan was actually sleeping on the couch and Zoe left to go sleep in the car after they had a very nice bonding moment on the couch talking about their various boyfriends of the past, which tugged at my heartstrings. Meanwhile, I'm going, don't split up the party. Have you never seen a sci-fi movie or played D&D? That's a bad idea. And turned out to be true because Susan got her insides cleaned out completely by bowing up about 10 gallons of water and Zoe got the crap scared out of her by zombies trying to turn over her car. So it's like, okay, you, you learned a lesson, hopefully. I love the resolution for the lighthouse where she was able to do the sunspot up at the very top and Zoe, to her credit, is like, that's impressive. We should rent you out for Viking parties or funerals. So I thought that was very cool. Nice touch. I also love the resolution of the slimy developer who evidently had screwed over Luke previously by saying, hey, I'll pay you later. Sort of reminds me of Wimply. I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. And then he reneged. So he decided if you want him gone that badly, then evidently there's something fishy here because he's slimy to begin with. He just oozed slime. So it was very good acting. I didn't like him at all. So I love Luke's resolution to add some rooms to all the houses or that he would be Sue back into the Stone Age because copyright raw is 70 years. So I love that. A little twisting of the knife going, yeah, do the right thing, you creep. And then the ghost went away. So... He was satisfied. It was nice that Luke actually got a bit of a happy ending with the girl who wasn't a redhead. So he was going against type. And she went upstairs to look at his etchings or drawings or whatever. And was wondering, he did say that some of his ghosts went with him to college from his old house. So you would think that some of his ghosts are in his apartment. So hopefully they will like her so that they could have a decent evening in and have a nice date. So I thought that Zoe and Susan bonded well and they sort of gave each other a respectful nod when she left for the day and so I thought that was very good. They both sort of showed all their cards and that they could be dependable for each other. So all good thing. So I thoroughly enjoyed the episode and I thought it gave a chance for the other characters to shine a little bit. I liked it. The gals and all the other secondary not main characters are getting fleshed out well. So all good thing. Thanks. Well thank you Jazz for that wonderful feedback. Yeah, you pretty much summed everything up. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, our episode is really long. You summed it up in like two minutes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think we said pretty much the same thing about splitting up. It's like, uh, hello, horror movies everywhere. Exactly. Duh. And yeah, just the snarkiness back and forth between 
Zoe and well, basically everybody. Um, <laughs> I can see that being a big problem if they actually had HR. Yes. But I like how they found like a rhythm and will it stay? I believe I said earlier, probably not, but you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I do think they'll slowly but surely learn to respect each other. I think the fireball to save them from the sailor crew was. Something that really did impress Zoe, so maybe we'll have Zoe do something in the future that impresses Susan, and, and they'll have start to build some mutual respect for each other. That could be a while, though. Yeah. But th- those two are very bullheaded, I'm right. going to say. Yes. I mean, Zoe loves to pick at you, and Susan is as straight-laced as they come, so they're going to have friction, that's for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, I don't even know how it's all going to flesh out with the whole crew. Like you're saying, their arch is going. I I think they'll be good. I think the team will develop. But at the same time, it's like, do we want them to develop too far? Right. Not that I don't want to see them grow. It's just like, I kind of like how their dynamic is right now. Right. Yeah, definitely. Susan put a little uh, kink in what seems to be the mojo of the group. That's for sure. But we'll see if she can adjust and fit in. A nice boomer talk there, bringing up Wimpy and the Hamburger. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how many people get that. I do. Yes, we do. <laughs> but does. That's why um, we call it boomer talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, every so often you'll hear that on several of our shows. So. Yes. And I definitely like your point about the possibility of having some of the college ghosts hanging out in Luke's place. That might become an issue, that's for sure. (laughs) I didn't even think about them being in the place. No, I didn't either at first. And when she mentioned it, I went, hmm, that is a pretty good possibility, at least. Yeah, and I don't know if you're being facetious about (laughs) her going up to see his drawings, or if that's just what we're calling it now. I mean, either way. (laughs) But I still want luke to have a good relationship because obviously things were not great with his mom right absolutely well jazz we really appreciate your feedback and looking forward to hearing from you on the next episode thanks jazz oh and by the way yes thank you for inquiring on how i'm doing after surgery i'm doing well and the pod dog is just as obnoxious as always so i will heal as slowly as she will allow yeah (laughs) (laughs) but thank you very much Thanks, everyone. Well, you know how we feel. We want to know how you feel. So shoot us a message with your thoughts at sci-fi talk at fangirlzone.com. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. Tell your friends about this show. We're only four episodes in. They can totally catch up, especially if they're like horror movie or funny horror movie almost spoofy levels, but I think they'll totally get into this one. Oh, yeah. We, of course, hope you're enjoying the podcast. And like I said, we want to know all of your thoughts. So you can head over to www.fangirlzone.com and check out our contacts page there. So you can tweet along with us and Facebook message us and everything else in between. And for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirl-S. And I'm Steve. That's a buttload of whiny perfectionist, Greg. And until next time. 